good enough to lift the third of our cleats. Watch it, jerk. Shut up, idiot, moron. Dab eater. Watch this. Hot liquor. Fart smeller. <laughs> you eat dog crap for breakfast, geek. You mix your weed with your mama's phone jam. Yeah. yeah. You bop grapples in the toilet. And you like it. You play ball like a girl. Oh, dear, 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 dear me, fighting words indeed. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to that cozy little corner of cyberspace we call the Sunday Night Sandlot, brought to you by SoCalledFantasyExperts.com. I'm your host, Buck Davidson, and I would like to welcome you for what we hope will be an entertaining and informative 60 minutes of fantasy baseball news and analysis. We have reached the first waypoint, just past the quarter pole, as it were, of the 2015 Major League Baseball season, and that is, of course, Memorial Day. First and foremost, a very safe and happy Memorial Day to you and yours. About now is when a lot of fantasy baseball owners take their really first hard, objective look at their team and kind of say, well, do I have the horses to make a run at winning the league, or do I need to start thinking about making some deals? Well, tonight, We thought we would take a look at some of the players that have really gotten off to strong starts this season. And if your team is one of those that looks like it has the horses, these guys are probably a big part of the reason why. Now, some of the players we're going to talk about tonight will be very familiar names, but some are guys we really didn't see coming back in March. And, of course, there are some guys that we thought we'd be talking about as some of the uh, fantasy baseball all-stars, as it were. They are not here. They just have not lived up to what their expectations were this season. So even though the All-Star game is still a couple of months away, we thought tonight we would honor our Memorial Day Fantasy All-Star team. So if that sounds like a good time to you, pull up a chair and let's talk some baseball. It is time to introduce my counterpart here in the cyber studio. He is the co-founder of so-calledfantasyexperts.com, a veteran of the fantasy sports industry, and has been playing fantasy baseball for over 20 years. Currently in charge of aggregation efforts at the Fantasy Sports Network and a member of the inaugural Tout Wars X League. Please say hello once again to the Roto Daddy himself, Mr. Doug Anderson. Doug, how are you tonight? Oh man, it, I couldn't be better. It's a, it's such a great time of year. You got the uh, sitting here getting ready to watch the Tampa Bay Lightning and the uh, hockey playoffs. Uh, got the NBA playoffs going on. I, I haven't been able to keep up with NBA basketball, but it, you know we got that going. We got the baseball season going, and some some nice topics to talk about. So I don't know if there's a better time of year other than maybe once football kicks off and we got baseball playoffs going. And we got the triple crown too. Are you a horse racing guy? You know, I not really. I enjoy, you know, I'll keep track of of the big three races, but other than that, I I, I don't know the horse names or anything like that. But it's it's I manage to watch the races every year. Well, let, let me tell a story here real quick. But first, folks, folks, if you're listening to us tonight live and you would like to share your thoughts or ask a question in our chat room, please feel free to do so. We have skilled and courteous operators standing by who will do their very best to get your question or comment shared on the air. Now, Doug, horse racing, um, this is that time of year. It's a triple crown, and we've got another uh, possibility for a triple crown this year. But I remember all the way back to the 1973 Belmont Stakes, a horse named Secretariat. That name ring any bell to you? I know that name. Yeah. 
And I'm not a horse racing guy really either. But what Secretariat did that day at Belmont Park in New York is historic. And on Facebook, I always put that race back up again because it was just incredible. The, the horse ran a mile and a half on dirt in two minutes and 24 seconds. That's along the lines of somebody hitting a 650-foot home run. It was just so far off the charts. I think the next fastest time is 226, which comes out to, I think it's like 10 lengths or something like that. It's just an absurd amount um, of time that that horse took off the, uh, the, the previous best on dirt. So it's it's interesting to watch the Triple Crown, but that's a, a sporting event that if you if you haven't seen the 73 Belmont Stakes, just take a look. It's 36, 37 lengths, whatever, and just uh, an amazing uh, sports moment, no matter whether you're a horse uh, uh, horse fan or not. So, Doug, what do you think? The the Lightning, any any chance of, of pulling this thing out? It's 2-2 right now. Well, you know, I, I go from thinking that they're dominating the Rangers to that, what are they doing? Stupid plays, you know. Um, it's going to be a good series. I think they're going to end up doing it. They took care of the Rangers in the regular season. And even in this last game where the score looked lopsided, they dominated a lot of the game. It was just a matter of, of kind of bad mistakes at bad times. So, But they still dominated a lot of the action. So I think they can pull it out, will they? I don't know. It's going to be fun watching, though. It always amazes me with hockey. The size and speed of these folks are is just amazing. And they they go out there and they go full tilt for a couple minutes, whatever, and then they're back out, back out again. Then they're back on the ice again. Just amazing athletes. Can you can you ice skate? By the way, I could no more ice skate than fly. I don't think. Well, you know, I, when I was a kid, I was a, a very good roller skater, except for I usually needed a wall to for breaks for stopping. But uh, then uh-huh. in high school basketball, I, I had some pretty severe ankle sprains. And uh, last time I tried to skate, I believe, uh, I was in the Army over in Hawaii. And uh, I, I strapped on some skates, not the, not the nice uh, hockey skates, but some rental skates. And I think my ankles mm-hmm. were about to fold in two. So I managed to get one time around <laughs> with some severe pain. But it's not something that was turning into fun. No. Oh, see, when I used to roller skate, I would instead of using a wall to break, I would use the floor, and and it was a little a little bit different. We we have something down here in Florida called terrazzo, and I would hit that terrazzo on more than a few occasions, and yeah, it 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 got to where it was a pretty painful experience. Training bruises for abrasions. <laughs> you have bruises for abrasions, and let us segue right into some injury news in Major League Baseball because we have some uh, rather big returns going on right now. Hunter Pence, uh, and I'm going to be right up front here. This guy is my favorite baseball player. I love the way he plays the game. He just he's 110 percent all the time out there. He doesn't miss games unless, in this case, he had a broken arm. But he's back. Doug, I'm curious. Are there any leagues out there where that you're in where he was actually available uh, after the draft? Not in the leagues I was in. I mean, people realize that what type of player he is and he doesn't hit 30 homers he doesn't hit 330 he doesn't steal 30 bases but he does everything and so I think people realize that so I wasn't able to scoop him up it would have been kind of a nice play I did however roster him in the Tout Wars X and was happy to see that he came back soon enough to to help out yeah and a lot of times people overreact on these injuries at, at drafts and Pence was going pretty late in a lot of these drafts because people say, oh, he's hurt. Well, okay, he has a broken arm. 
And when we, he has a broken arm, uh, there's a pretty set recovery time for that. And you know, okay, he's going to need some extended spring training or some minor league rehab, whatever. But it's the kind of injury that you can kind of build a pretty good recovery period around. It's not something like an oblique or a hamstring or uh, in foot, football terms, the high ankle sprains, those things that are just very difficult to discern when that particular athlete is coming back. But Pence is hitting 323 in the first eight games since he came back, and he looks good to go. What do you, what do you think about the, he chokes up on the bat? I was watching him today. He's way up on the bat. Well, you just don't see that anymore, do you? No, I don't know if we talked about it last week on the air or maybe before the show, but, yeah, there's there's nobody chokes up anymore. I mean, I know Barry Bonds used to, and way back mm-hmm. when we talked about uh, Tim Foley and uh, Felix yep. Milan. But, uh, yeah, nobody – Hunter Pence is a unique player, and there's just no one you can look at and say, yeah, that guy's like Hunter Pence. He's, the, he's one of a kind, and uh, it's just amazing how he contributes and is able to just – look so unique when so many swings and and styles start to blend together he's the only one of his kind the power hitter used to choke up on the bat quite a bit was rusty stop uh he's a guy that was was down on the bat and hit a bunch of home runs so uh, it, it can be done but you just never see it anymore the boston red sox uh shane victorino back on the dl um, called up Rusni Castillo, who has had some injury problems of his own. Uh, any leagues where he was available, Doug, or not? The the in-house league over at so-called Fantasy Experts, or one of the in-house leagues anyway, uh, I, I drafted him and have just kind of held on to him while he was sent down, and now he's back up, and I'm very glad of it. But did you see any bargains on Rusni? Not really. I, I think people who drafted him were big, you know, they were – big fans of his, however you want to put it, but they believe in him a lot. So I, I didn't see him available anywhere. I, the concern I have with him is, you know, Shane Victorino to the DL, but when is Castillo's next injury? It seems like with him, I know we haven't yeah. had long to make any real evaluations, but it seems like there's always something nagging him as well. So, uh, uh, you know, he's got some pop. He's got some nice speed. Uh, can he stay healthy? Right. When we were out in Arizona at the Arizona Fall League, it was, he was one of the guys we were looking forward to seeing, and guess what? He got hurt before we got out there, so just never really got a, an opportunity to have a good look at him. But if you've got him, if you took that uh, dice roll early in the year, then, hey, sit back and enjoy the ride. Because, yeah, like you say, though, Doug, we, we do need to see him play 50, 60, 70, 80 games in a row. Just it shows show us he can do it. A couple of catchers. We, we've been kind of thin on catchers lately, but a couple, one is back, and that being Jan Gomes uh, from the Indians, and Jonathan Lucroy, who got off to a real slow start but has been on the DL. They're talking he could be activated next weekend. What are your thoughts there? Well, I think I'm happy to see some catchers back. The catcher position, you know, we're going to talk about all-stars later in in a few minutes. The catcher position has been a mess. You had, you know, uh, Gomes out and LaCroix. You got Matt Wieters, who was supposed to be, you know, maybe a, a week late to start the season or maybe rest a little bit. We're not seeing Wieters. You know, Travis Darno is out. It's just the catcher position has been a, a big mess. So I'm looking forward to getting those guys back. I'm going to target LaCroix and hope that people kind of forget what a great hitter he is. He's right there with Buster Posey as far yeah. as I'm concerned and on the on the tier of catchers. 
and uh, maybe some people kind of forgot just how good he is. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And if these guys, if you're able to get a bargain and get them in a in a cheap deal or <clears throat> what have you, then you're going to reap the benefits right now because both of them are coming back and when healthy and when going well, they are solid performers. And in Luke Roy's case, he's an elite performer. And in, a guy uh, last year that go ahead, sure. Oh, sorry, I was just sorry. Speaking of Darno, he uh, I also saw where he is now able to swing a bat, and they're talking yep. that his progression could be pretty quick, and he's not going to be out too much longer hopefully no so the catching uh the catching position has been rather thin but it is uh bulking up here as we speak a guy doug that came out of nowhere last year we had kind of forgotten about him was over in japan performed very well came back last year hits 287 knocks in 76 runs and everybody goes good night casey mcgahee is back well, he came out of nowhere, and through the first 35 games this year, he's kind of heading back towards nowhere. He was hitting 200 <laughs> uh, with two home runs and nine runs batted in, and he was just designated for assignment. Now, he's only 32. What do you think? Is there any future for McGahee anywhere that, that, that comes to mind? If you've followed McGahee at all, his whole career has just been uh, – it's like a roller coaster ride. You know, He came up, and he played some second base – had power, you know, they were talking 15, 20 home run power, maybe a little bit more, but he wasn't really hitting for average. And then, you know, he goes away, comes back, and all of a sudden he's this high average hitter but didn't hit for power. So I don't know what to make of him. I think there's going to be room for him somewhere else. With what he did last year, it can't have just disappeared that quickly. So I think there's probably a bench job somewhere waiting for him. But uh, as far as fantasy goes, you know, if you're in an only league, you can probably use him, but I'm not too concerned with where he ends up, to be honest. Right. And if somebody's going to take a chance on him. Somebody will sign him to a minor league deal and, and just send him down to AAA and say, show us, can you still can you still do it? That's that's if he doesn't just get sent down and, and stay where he is, which might happen also. But I think he'll be back. But, yeah, it's going to be a little while before he's fantasy relevant again, I think. Uh, Doug, uh, what do you get when you mix one part sunscreen with one part rosin and um, put it on your arm? Uh, suspension? Uh, eight games, actually. <laughs> uh, and and what's the, the odd part is that we had Will Smith from the Brewers who had what what was reported as a mixture of sunscreen and rosin on his arm and was seen by Freddie Gonzalez. And then yesterday we had the same thing happen to Brian Mattis of the Orioles. And now, Doug, you were a pitcher. Is this something that's done? Was there anything like that you ever ran into? Well, everything I've heard is that, you know, it's about getting a better grip on the baseball. But honestly, unless you're in cold weather, I, I don't see it helping all that much. I know it's not exactly the heat of the summer up north yet, but uh, I just don't see where the advantage is so much. Um, so I, I really don't understand it unless it's to get a little different movement on the ball. So to me, there's just no place for it. You know, we've seen with football what happened with the deflate gate and Tom Brady in this big mess. Either it's really important or it's not. I don't know which it is. But it just seems to me baseball should probably try to kind of head this off at the pass before we start running into controversy on this. And I think that's probably what they're trying to do is, from what I understand, it's a pretty common practice than that most pitchers, you can either see them go into the bill of their cap or to, you know, the, the forearm of their glove hand every once in a while to get a little extra 
grip or pine tar or rosin or whatever it is. And uh, But I think baseball is just trying to kind of head things off before it gets to the status that deflate gate has gotten. Yeah, the and and the seams on a major league baseball are pretty darn low. And of course, the yeah. seams are a big part of where you generate your spin. And if you've got a little bit grip, better grip on the ball, something I was thinking about after Mattis got caught today, something that I was thinking about that nobody really talks about is one of the things that's changed in major league baseball over the last, you know, say 25 or 30 years. Uh, if if a ball gets close to the ground, what happens to it? It's it's thrown out, right? Yeah. You you look at a, a broadcast from even go back to like the '75 series and, and see how often those balls were thrown out. They weren't, and that the balls that stayed in there, of course, get a little more scuffed up, a little better grip, and I think that may have something to do with it too. Is that these balls are kept so pristine nowadays that it is a little tougher to get a grip on the ball. So maybe we have players doing that but if uh will smith he got eight uh it may or may not get reduced mattis will probably get eight also so let's see if if either of those guys are part of your fantasy roster keep very close eye on that because both of them may be suspended for a while uh doug somebody i don't think we're going to see back for a while is david wright of the mets uh was diagnosed with something called spinal stenosis and has been shut down for a week this does not sound good yeah, it's a, a little, you know, worrying as far as the, with the health issues that he's had over the last few years. And, it, it, you know, early on this year, we got the feeling that everything, would, we were going to see a little bit of the old David Wright, and the, the power had returned mm-hmm. a little bit, and he looked a little bit rejuvenated, and uh, then this comes along. I, I can't pretend to know how spinal stenosis is going to affect him, but it's just another, you know, another strike against Wright, and it's it gets hard to trust these players after so many, you know, three, four years of just little injury after little injury, and pretty soon you start devaluing them. You know, at some point, David Wright's probably going to be a value because everybody's given up on him, and he's probably got something left, but it might not be this year. Right. Well, diligent researcher that I am, I went to the uh, resource known as WebMD <laughs> to find out a little bit more about spinal stenosis. And uh, the long story short, the um, the treatment, there's a couple things they talk about, changing the posture, some medications, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, uh, rest can help. And it, the last one is if other treatments do not ease the pain, surgery may be recommended to relieve the pressure on effective nerves. Nerves. So it sounds like this may be, it's possible that surgery could be in his future if, if nothing else works. But of course, there's a long road to go to that. So some very serious news about David Wright, of course. So if you own him in your, in your league and the league is shallow enough and some guys are available, you might want to think about uh, cutting bait. You, you think, Doug, or you, you're going to hold on to him for a while? You know, I think it all depends on how your bench is and what kind of roster flexibility you have. I hold on to him in most situations, but if there's someone out there that's going to be a difference maker, then I think you, you, you grab it and you go with it. Folks, you're listening to the Sunday Night Sandlot on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Buck Davidson, along with so-called Fantasy Experts co-founder, Doug Anderson. Tonight, we are talking All-Stars. We are naming our Memorial Day Fantasy All-Star team. And it is time to do exactly that. Now, all right, Doug, before we get started, what always comes before the All-Star game? 
the home run derby. The home run derby. Or the slam dunk so, competition. I get confused. <laughs> it, yeah, it's one or the other. Uh, but we, so we need, we need to come up with a home run derby. And, and I'll, I'll tell you what. I will take the National League and you take the American League. Of course you together, will. Yeah, well, hey. <laughs> I didn't want to push you on the spot. I knew it was going to be very difficult for you to – well, never mind. Um <laughs> Now here's here's my take on the home run derby though, and, and the home run derby's it's a big draw and people love it and yada yada. But my take on who should be in the home run derby are the guys that with the next swing might hit it out of uh, out of the stadium. Never mind over the fence. It, it's it's tedious to me to sit and watch guys hit a bunch of 395 foot home runs. One of the most memorable home runs I ever saw was hit by a guy named Juan Francisco, who the Rays actually had for uh, a little bit. He hit a ball over the right field deck in Cincinnati, and basically it, it probably landed in the Ohio River. It went all the way out. And when you see a ball hit that far, <laughs> that really is a it's, it's memorable. So I don't want to see guys that hit 375-foot home runs. I want to see guys that, that hit 500-foot home runs. So with that in mind, I have my guys. I'll, I'll go ahead and start. I'll, I'll go with an obvious one first. Can we can we agree that Giancarlo Stanton probably is a good representative from the National League? Well, I think right now, when you uh, if you saw that ball he hit out of Dodger Stadium a couple of weeks back, yeah, yeah he, he's just he hits the ball harder than any other player maybe I've ever seen. You know all the cliches about the bats, the ball sounding different off the bat and stuff. <laughs> That's uh, Stanton. So I think he's the the first name in either league that anybody's going to talk about. Yeah, the the line drives the ball that like tips off the shortstop's glove and goes over the left center field. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> those are the home runs with, with the Stanton hits that I just find hard to believe. All right, who's your first guy? Go ahead. Well, like you, I'm not really going with the hitters that have the most home runs right now, but George Springer hit a home run mm-hmm. last year in Tampa, in Tampa Bay, that uh, it was as hard hit as any ball I've seen. And I think you're going to see a lot more homers from him this year. But So I'm going to go with George Springer. He's along the lines of Stanton. I don't know that anybody hits the ball that hard. But it's that same kind of when he hits them, he really hits them. Right. All right. Well, I might as well get this out of the way. So my, my second guy is going to be uh, – oh, wait, I forgot his name. Kid from Washington. Uh, left-handed. I <laughs> uh, can't remember. Bryce Harper, uh, uh, yeah, go, go ahead. Talk me out of Bryce Harper as my number two guy. Well, I mean, if you're going to use a punch and Judy hitter, I guess, but uh, <laughs> no, nah, you can't. You know, the one thing I would never argue against with Bryce Harper is the power and that swing and the power it generates. It's it's for real as far as the power goes. And love him, hate him, whatever, there's no doubting that he's a fun player to watch, too. And, you know, he he might just anger me during the home run derby, and that's going to make it even all the more enjoyable. Oh, yeah. And and players like Harper, too, it, it, the, the sport needs them. You, you have to have somebody who is, uh, I, I'll call him polarizing. It's it's the New York Yankees. You don't find a whole lot of people who are neutral on the New York Yankees. Same thing with Harper. You don't find people that are like, oh, yeah, they they really, really love him or they really, really don't like him for whatever reason. And that's well, good. I think that's good for the sport. It's good for everything. Because if you you love to hate Harper, if you just love Harper, it, it doesn't matter because he puts people in the seats. And when he's hitting, people stop and watch. And that's uh, a good thing by any measure, whether you're hoping that he strikes out or whether you're hoping he hits one out of the park. 
it's it's good when people invoke strong emotions. So go well, ahead with as much as, guy. Okay, well, as I was just saying about Hyper, as much as he rubs me the wrong way sometimes, you you have to love the way he plays. And a lot of his injury, injury issues are because he's he's going 100%. So right. I, I'll give Harper that. Uh, my second guy, I'm going to go with someone just because I love the swing so much and it's just got that, that classic lift to it. I'm going to go with Jose Bautista up in Toronto. Oh, yeah. I think he's, he's probably not at his peak. He's probably kind of on the downslope a little bit. But he's still got that swing that's just pretty to watch, and the ball will still go a long ways. I got another pretty swing for you to watch. How about Paul Goldschmidt? Yeah, and you know what? He's he's not he doesn't just hit the ball long ways. He does a lot of everything too. And it, if there's been a quiet All Star this year, we're going to talk about in a minute. But I didn't realize how good his numbers were right now. And uh, nobody's really talking about him, and yet there he is with numbers that are as good as anybody else's. He plays in Arizona. That's pure and simple. That's it. If he was playing in the Bronx, he would be on cereal boxes, but that's <laughs> that's not the case. So, all right, who's your next guy? Uh, I'm going to go with Bautista's teammate there, Edwin Encarnacion. Is got going to go with Encarnacion? Yeah. Well, you know, when I when I looked through this, I realized that right now the National League really has a lot of the exciting sluggers in baseball, and the ALs just kind of got the old guard that they're still there, but. uh the NL's got the exciting young guys. I, Incarnation's kind of like Batista. I think he's probably, you know, headed the wrong way, but he's still got as much power as anybody in baseball and will hit his fair share. How many do you want to do? You want to do four or five? Uh, I've got four, and then I was going to have to get, bring a guy up from the minors. Oh, you're going to bring Okay, well, that's cool. <laughs> um, uh, this is where it start, kind of starts to get tough, and, and I'm going to pick. I'm going to go ahead and give you my next three because I would pick two out of these three. And this is where it really kind of got to a coin flip for me. I got Todd Frazier. I got Jock Peterson. I got Chris Bryant. And it goes back to the tape measure home run thing uh, with, with Peterson and Bryant because both of those guys can just crush the ball. And Jock Peterson has just one of the nicest swings. Reminds me a little bit of Jim Edmonds, but he just has one of the nicest swings you would just ever want to see. And, of course, Bryant and Frazier, just prodigious power, both of them. So I would pick two out of those three and uh, feel really, really good about it. But it, it got to where I just couldn't pick between the, the three and separate them. Yeah, my last one was Nelson Cruz mm-hmm. because he's doing it so often. You know, I we thought that it would stop once he got to Seattle, and uh, it hasn't. Then I was going to bring up, since you mentioned Chris Bryant, Last year, the guy who battled Bryant the whole season, and I, I he ended up hitting 42, something along those lines, home runs in the minor leagues. Joey Gallo, who actually yep. down in the minors this year, is uh, cutting down the strikeouts a little bit, and the power hasn't been quite where it was last year, but he's going to be a big-time power hitter, and uh, I'd like to see him come up here this season and uh, see what he can do. Now, a guy I was thinking you were going to mention, you left him out, is Miguel Cabrera. What's up? Well, you know, he hits those boring, I'm not going to say he can't hit long home runs, but a lot of the home <laughs> runs he hits are the opposite way. Or, you know, he just, he's got that, such for such a power hitter, it's like such a compact swing that it, it's, he doesn't always hit the long, pretty home runs. They're just a lot of them. <laughs> and he's such a great okay. hitter. 
Okay, so no no style points for Cabrera's home run. So okay, I can I can buy in on that. So all right, we ready to put a team on the field? We've had the we, we've heard Chris Berman say back 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 just about as much as we can take. So <laughs> let's talk about our 2015 Memorial Day Fantasy Baseball All Star Team. Go ahead and kick it off and tell me who you got behind the plate. You you want to just go uh, tell me American National? Uh well, I had just what well, the way I had thought about it was uh. I thought about an all-star at his position who it was just the flat numbers. And I thought about an all-star because in fantasy, we're always talking about value. And for me, an all-star in fantasy means that they produced a lot more than it costs to get them. So basically Uh, I, (laughs) at catcher, um, (laughs) you know, even though he's not having an incredible year, Buster Posey probably has the best numbers, but my value all-star is Nick Hunley. Who's you know doing Ooh. good things and nobody nobody drafted him you know so uh, I, I like Hunley for what he's done and in Colorado he's probably gonna you know keep doing what he's done numbers numbers are mysterious in Colorado yeah now how in the world could you look past Stephen Vogt though when it comes to value no that's true yeah I guess I was more on Vogt this year I have him in so many leagues yeah. that I was all over him so but yeah you can't argue he, he might be the MVP overall, as far as power goes, for yeah. catchers. And it, it, you talk about coming out of nowhere. And, and last year, 84 games, he had nine home runs and 35 runs batted in. In 84 games, he's got 10 and 31 already this year in you know roughly 40 games. Uh, wow! And the, this is the kind of guy that can win you leagues, though, because you probably picked him up as an oh by the way or off the waiver wire. And he's producing as well or better than just about any other catcher out there. And yeah, I uh, he, yeah, these are the guys my, that win you leagues. Yeah, in one of my AL only leagues, uh, I decided to just ignore catcher, and vote wasn't eligible at catcher at at draft time, and he made it to the reserve round. So I drafted him first pick in the reserve round, and of course now he's my catcher and everything's looking good. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's beautiful. And, and, you know, people say, well, how long is he going to keep it up? How long is he going to keep it up? You know, I don't know. My theory is you ride the horse while it's running fast. And uh, there's no reason to give up on Stephen Vogt right now. Is he going to come back to earth? Sure. When's it going to be? You know, when's the right time to trade him? Uh, right now he's not really showing any signs of slowing down that I'm seeing. So, well, you know, keep If you um, look at last not? year's second-half numbers, he was pretty good once he got regular yep. playing time. So, you know, the, the average is not going to be incredible, but I think the power is pretty much for real. The power looks to be for real. And, again, he's doing it in a kind of a pitcher-friendly environment there in, in Oakland. So, all right, talk to me about first base, Doug. Who you got? Man, I, I couldn't decide. I'm uh, my all star. This is a talk tough about, one. It, There's two guys as far as just pure numbers. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, Paul Goldsmith, both of them have good averages. The power is there. The RBIs, and this year Rizzo has added the stolen base, and so has Goldsmith's always stolen them. So right there, as far as numbers go, those are the two guys that have, you know, might be the most valuable players in fantasy baseball right now. Early on, um, my value all star Eric Hosmer, who some people had pretty much left for dead. He's back to being one of the better young first basemen again. Well, I'll roll out a another value guy. wasn't wasn't a huge Stephen Vogt kind of a, a value, but Prince Fielder was a guy that was going what sixty five seventy picks down the board at least, and he is. I'm just looking at the numbers right now: eight homers, thirty runs batted in, and hitting a tidy three fifty one. 
so that's pretty darn good value for what you had to pay to get Prince. And same thing until last year, Prince was uh, out there 158, 159, 160 games a year. So is he an injury risk? I don't think so. Uh, keep him out there, and I don't think he's going to hit 351. But we certainly know that Prince Fielder can give us plenty of power. So uh, what's uh, what's your take? Is is Prince for real, or is there anything to worry about? Well, I think he's for real. You know, as far as what we've seen him turn into, and you know, a few years back we talked about him as a 40, 50, 50 homer candidate, but he's kind of morphed into someone who's more likely to hit 300, 310 than he is to hit 35 home runs. So you're going to get good power, but it, it, it looks to me like he's really turned into someone where you can count on a good average to go with that. And with overall power down in baseball, that's that's kind of nice because batting averages are down too. So, um, yeah, he's definitely been a value. Folks, you're listening to the Sunday Night Sandlot on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Buck Davidson, along with so-called fantasy experts co-founder Doug Anderson. Tonight, we are talking all-stars, naming our Memorial Day Fantasy Baseball all-star teams, including a home run derby team for the ages. Uh, Oh, by the way, that's my other rule, Doug, on on home run derby. You do not have to be in the all-star game in order to participate, because I don't care if you're an all-star or not. I want to see someone hit the ball out of the stadium. So if if you're not on the all-star team, so what? Uh, Come on, come be in the home run derby. So that's, uh, that's that's the other rule that I would change on when I'm elected commissioner, which hopefully is not too far away because I have some great ideas. Talk to me about second base. Uh, I've, I've got a guy in mind here, and I, I think I'm going to hear his name. So go ahead. Tell me what you got. <laughs> well, just my pure all-star, I'm going to go with Jason Kipnis. Hitting 341, 31 runs yep. scored, 20 RBIs, some stolen bases, some home runs. And uh, he's also a pretty good value. But my value yep. all-star so far would have to be Devin Travis for the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the DL right now, but he should be back soon. And I think the power's for real. And uh, probably not going to continue quite at his pace, but he's been a nice surprise early in the season. Yeah, and how about Jason Kipnis, a guy who was a, basically, what, a second-round pick a couple years ago and just very disappointing last year. But I did hear an awful lot of people saying, watch for a bounce back, watch for a bounce back. And sure enough, here he is. Uh, A guy that came out of nowhere last year was Jose Altuve. And Altuve is a guy that is almost certainly going to be the National League rep at second base this year, right in the running anyway. He's going to be there. But he is hitting 294 right now. So he's kind of coming back to where everybody figured he would be. he just he swings it so much the OBP is just not going to be there. But he's so he's been a little bit of a disappointment. But I think Kipnis is a great pick. Uh, D Gordon has to get some uh, yeah. some votes too at second base because of what he's doing both <laughs> with the stolen bases and uh, with the batting average. And I, I hold no hope that he is going to hit 376 for the entire season. But D. Gordon is becoming a lot better player than a lot of people gave him credit for because everybody's saying, well, he's never going to hit. He's not going to be a 300 hitter. He doesn't look over enough pitches, whatever. But he's becoming, I say, he's, he's kind of stepped it up a notch. And I think we may have to rethink what uh, what we believe D. Gordon to be as far as uh, as far as fantasy baseball. Uh, an honorable mention, too, on second base uh, for me, Doug, is Colton Wong, who yeah. is uh, who's also really – uh, showing that he belongs in this league and 
showing the power, showing a little bit of speed, and he's hitting over 300 right now. So another guy that is a, uh, I think in the future is going to be a, a tremendous player that we're going to enjoy watching for years to come. Uh, shortstop in the American, especially in the American League, Doug. My goodness, is Xander Bogarts really the best shortstop in the American <laughs> League right now? Uh, shortstop position overall, uh, we, we could just skip it. There is no All Star. The the best shortstop oh, in no, baseball no, no. right I now. Oh no, I got my guy. Yeah. No, I got my guy. He's not. Oh, okay, American I won't League say yet. his name then because I think I probably oh, yeah. know what you're going to say. But it, it's just an ugly, ugly position. We talked about catcher. I don't want a shortstop on my All Star team. I'm going to shift one of those second baseman to shortstop. <laughs> We're just going to do the shift. All right. <laughs> Well, here, here's who I'm going to say, and I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this or not, but Brandon Crawford yeah, that's the name. Has, has been outstanding. And he is another guy that, you know, when you're doing projections, you're, you're going to project a guy for the 2015 season. You look at his career track record. All right, three years ago he hit 248. Two years ago he hit 248. Last year he hit 246. Do we have a pattern developing there? (laughs) Is is there something you can hang your hat on as far as his batting average this year? Well, he's hitting 301. Career OPS is 688. This year it is over 800, uh, 896 to be exact. So everything about what he is doing looks anomalous, but it's another case of ride the horse while he's running fast. And especially if you're playing the, you know, the short term, the daily games or what have you, Brandon Crawford right now is as good as any shortstop in baseball. And the thing I will always remember about Brandon Crawford and, and you know, that we had the big deal in the world series last year with Alex Gordon being held up at third base on the, the ball that was kicked in left field. Brandon Crawford made a pickup on that on that relay throw of a of, of a short in between hop, and if he doesn't come up with that cleanly, I think things change a little bit, and Gordon does get waved home. That was a very underrated part of that play, and and Crawford's glove is as good. He's not quite Anderson Simmons good, but his glove is outstanding. And maybe he's I believe he's 28 years old. Maybe he is just kind of hit another gear in his career, but just an amazing start by Brandon Crawford this year. Uh, talk third base. You're not ready to put Chris Bryant in the in the all, in our All Star game just yet, are you, Doug? Uh, he's not the name I have there, but I was going to actually uh, surprise you with a little question and ask you what who who leads what major league third baseman leads uh, all third baseman in RBIs. But it, you kind of uh, spoiled it, you know. <laughs> hey, yeah, I kind of spoiled it a little bit, but uh, yeah, and he was only he was called up. In, in the middle of April, uh, yeah, Chris Bryant. It, yeah, it's, and uh, it, it's hard to keep him out, honestly. And and you want to say, well, don't buy the hype, don't buy the hype. Don't. I'm not buying the hype. I'm buying the numbers. And I, I I don't know how you can look at what he has done and say he doesn't belong in an All Star game right now. Well, here's the thing, you know, the numbers through the minor leagues incredible, and of course you're you're buying into that. But I've got to watch him hit a lot. This is not just, you know, he's, the strikeouts, yeah, there are a lot of them, but this is not just a all-or-nothing hitter. You watch him hit, and he hits for the situation. I know RBI is, a lot of the RBI numbers are a team-generated number, but Bryant is a hitter who changes his approach for what's needed. And he's a for the strikeouts we're going to have, he's a very professional hitter, and you know, I always hear scouts talk about he keeps his bat in the zone. 
with Bryant, you can see it. I saw a home run uh, last week on a changeup, outer half. He just stayed back. His his bat, you know, his weight was a little shifted forward, but he just his bat stayed in the zone and hit a home run. So uh, he, he's for real. I don't know if you can put him there this year just because you've got Donaldson and the crazy batting average Mike Moustakis is putting up. I think you have to take those two guys. But you want to bet next year. I'm pretty sure Brian's going to be right there. Yeah, and the guy that's actually going to give him a run in the National League is Matt Carpenter from St. Louis. And St. Louis, how in the world? They lose Adam Wainwright, and they are still at the top of the division. <laughs> that is an amazing team, and it just seems like they're, they're, they are as resilient as they come. And Matt Carpenter is off to another huge start, 17 doubles already, hitting 323. So he's another guy that is um, – that is going to be, you know, that's going to get a lot of run for uh, uh, for third base. In the although, I, I, it, being as it's a popularity fan vote, I don't see Matt Carpenter supplanting Chris Bryant. I, I think he is as close to a lock as can be. Just <laughs> people want to see the guy play, so that's okay. In the outfield, Doug, talk to me about who you got. Uh, well, go ahead. You 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 throw one out there, and then I'll throw one out there. How's that? Well, I'm going to throw a shocker at you. And I'm going to say Bryce Harper. You know, you Whoa. can't take away what he's done. So I'm still in some of your th- thunder there. And you, <laughs> you can't take away what he's done. And, you know, I don't know if we're talking fantasy, all-star, real all-stars. He's going to be in both. Yeah, I I, I think so. And he's just, uh, yeah, it's, and, and it, it's great to see the guy develop into what everybody thought he could be. Yeah, and, I don't, uh, I don't uh, think the know, average will continue, but... The power's there, and as long as he's healthy, the power will stay. I think. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit off the board here because there's obviously some incredible outfielders. I, I hear that that kid out in Anaheim is pretty good, <laughs> but uh, a guy that is delivering something that I don't think a lot of people expected is Justin Upton. Yeah. Now, twelve homers, thirty-five runs batted in, hitting two eighty-four. Okay, that kind of sounds like Justin Upton kind of production. He's stolen nine bases in 44 games. I don't think you drafted Justin Upton expecting here we are at the quarter pole and he's got nine stolen bases, you know, taking dead aim on 30-plus. Will he get there? Probably not. But I think 20 is certainly within reach. And, boy, what a what a great bonus for somebody that, that grabbed Upton this year, huh? Yeah, I really, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't really realize what he was doing, and I started looking at numbers, you know, for the All-Stars, and I hadn't really realized that he was running like that, and we kind of thought those days were gone for Justin Upton when he was that 30-30 threat, whether it's, you know, the new a different team philosophy or if he's just uh, feeling refreshed, it's definitely um, putting up a lot more value. People kind of started drafting him in, you know, third-round type slots, and uh, right now he's putting up, First round value, it, you know, if you extrapolate all this stuff out, and that's always dangerous. But uh, right now, it yep. looks like he's turned it back a few years. Oh, absolutely. So uh, who, who you got? Let's let's, uh, let's go maybe four or five outfielders because we we'll go ahead and throw a few out here because there's there's just so many that deserve to be there. But who's who's next on your list? Well, I'm gonna throw out some of my value guys who uh, they might not make the real All Star team. But for fantasy, if you draft him in these guys, you're pretty happy. Dexter Fowler for the Cubs. Yep. I'm sure he was a reserve slot. Right now we're talking about five home runs, 32 runs scored, 11 stolen bases. You know, we kind of he stopped being a major stolen base guy the last few years. 
but he's back in that, you know, doing it right now. So he's been someone that if you drafted him very quietly, you're getting top 20 outfielder type numbers from him right now. Right. And and I'm going to go with a guy that is he I'm going to do a couple here real quick. I'm going to go with the with the turn back the clock award. Because the highest on-base percentage by any outfielder not named Bryce Harper belongs to one Matt Holliday in St. Louis. And you talk about a guy that's just been a, a, a great hitter for a long time. The guy's OBP right now is 434. <laughs> and that's, that's just off the charts good. And bully for him because he had a little bit of a down year, still not hitting for the power. But the OBP has just been just been absolutely amazing. But the guy I mainly had in mind is a guy that that I believed in, and I, I hope people still believe in him. And that's Michael Brantley from Cleveland. He's he's kind of under the radar because of where he's playing, but uh, he's a guy. He's got four homers, twenty six runs batted in, real nice RBI numbers, and he's hitting three seventeen OBP of three ninety eight. I see a guy that's a star and that is going to stay a star for years to come. It would be nice to see him pick up the power a little bit, but uh, seven stolen bases is also a real nice uh, start to the season for Brantley. Huh? Yeah, well, you know, I ended up getting him in labor uh, mixed league, and uh, you know, I can't say I was a total believer that he would repeat what he did last year. And then the first few weeks of the season, he had some back issues, so I was kind of, you know, a little worried about him. But since then, you know, nobody's talking about him, but he's doing exactly what he did last year for the most part. And I think the power missing so far is probably because of those early back issues. And uh, since then, he's turned it up a little bit. And, yeah, he looks like the same guys last year. I'm pretty happy. And uh, he's going to give you probably a close to a 2020 season with a nice batting average, RBIs, runs. There's just not much more you could really want. Folks, you're listening to the Sunday Night Sandlot on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Buck Davidson, along with the Roto Daddy himself, Mr. Doug Anderson. All-stars are the topic tonight. We are going through the lineups, naming our Memorial Day Fantasy Baseball All-Star teams. Doug, anybody else we want to talk about in the outfield? Well, I think someone that I people kind of thought was a fluke last year and he was real hot in the playoffs, Lorenzo Kane for the Royals. Yep. He's back to doing exactly what he did last year, scoring a ton of runs, driving in some runs, stealing a few bases. Uh, so he's someone I think that people were, were doubting a little bit. As long as he's healthy, he's a nice fantasy contributor and kind of a, a Michael Brantley light, I guess. All right. And I, I do want to talk a little bit more about Nelson Cruz because we touched on him a little bit earlier when we were talking home run derby because, like Justin Upton, Nelson Cruz is doing something that we didn't expect. I think everybody knew about the power. Um, but he's hitting three forty three. I, I don't think anybody dialed that up. when they if, if they If Cruz fell in your league, it was because he was not going to give you a big batting average. Uh, a caveat with him, first of all, that I, I don't. There's no way that's going to sustain. I, I can't imagine any way that sustains. But a caveat with Cruz is that of his 17 home runs, only four have come at Safeco. So the the stadium is indeed affecting him. But he is just doing so well on the road that you don't notice it in his overall numbers. So you know, daily gamers, keep that in mind that he is not hitting home runs at Safeco at nearly the rate that he is on the road. Uh, Doug, anybody else we want to talk about in the outfield? Are we ready to head to the bump? No, I'm ready to talk some pitchers. 
Okay, who you got? Well, you know, I, we know about the top guys, and, you know, Max Scherzer. But what I want to talk about is a pitcher that I believe it was the second week of the season we talked about him on the show, and I had a chance to see him pitch the night before, and I said it looked like he had his stuff back and that I was really excited about I was going to be targeting him. Shelby Miller, the fast, the big fastball's back. He's the command is back. I, he's for real, and I think you know he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball thus far. And I think he's going to stay in that area. I'm sure some of these other guys are going to come back. You know, Kershaw is not going to pitch like he has so far. But I think Shelby Miller, if we're talking, you know, fantasy all star right now, yeah. I, I'm not sure there's been a better surprise in pitching ranks than Shelby Miller. Uh, no, absolutely not. Uh, well, maybe. And and I'll throw him <laughs> out there. Here's a guy that, boy, everybody always used to draft him, but when you drafted him, you kind of crossed your fingers and you stuck a rabbit's foot in each pocket. And you, uh, A.J. Burnett, <laughs> but how good has he been? Um, you know, 53 strikeouts in 59 innings. Uh, whip of 110, he's always been a good guy for whip. ERA of 137. Uh, wow, that that's another below-the-radar kind of guy that uh, nobody really thinks. You say A.J. Burnett, right? But, boy, he's been doggone good. And uh, another guy that kind of came out of nowhere last year, and everybody said, oh, okay. How about Dallas Keuchel from Houston, Doug? Uh, first of all, plus 10 for the beard. But he's been all that and more that he was in 2014, hadn't he? Yeah, and I, I got to admit, I didn't think he was for real. I thought he would fade last year, and you know he, he might have. Second half wasn't quite as good as first half, but uh, this guy's evidently for real. And uh, it, it when you see a, a pitcher like that for the Astros, you start to take their hot start a little more seriously because. They have an ace on their hands, and it's Dallas Cagle. Right. And uh, right about now, with that 0.97 whip, uh, you know, you got to start buying in. And it, it, he, he's a pitcher that we have to pay attention to in fantasy. And uh, I don't think you sell low at this point. No, absolutely sell high, not. I mean. <laughs> uh, who, uh, who else? Uh, who else you got? Uh, I got to think, as far as value, Chris Archer. You're seeing 10.5 strikeouts per nine, a low whip. Somehow, despite that you know, prodigious Tampa Bay offense, he's managed to get five wins. Uh, he's got to be up there so far this season. You know, a lot of it was his first five, six starts, but he's still been solid all year, and I'm liking what he's doing. Yeah. Now, I got, I got two. First of all, I got to mention Aaron Harang. I, good night. Yeah. Out on I, earth. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it, it is what it is, and you're, you you play the numbers. And he is, he's been absolutely fabulous this year. But I got two guys for my all-star team. Both of them look to be guys that we are going to be enjoying watching for years to come. I'm talking about Garrett Cole from Pittsburgh, yep. and, and I love saying this name, Michael Waka from St. Louis. Uh, boy, just two exciting young pitchers. That are I, I'm I'm just so looking forward to watching these guys. Waka just won number seven today. ERA is down to 187. Not striking out a ton of guys. Um, yeah. Only uh, only 35 strikeouts in 57 and two thirds. But he has just been fabulous. Cole, on the other hand, is striking out quite a few guys. He's got 63 and 57, and has only given up 49 hits in 57 innings. Uh, Waka has only given up 46 hits in 57 innings. So 
uh, two youngsters that we were kind of looking at and saying, boy, what are these guys going to be? And I think they are telling us in no uncertain terms that uh, they have every intention of being being aces for years to come. You, you ready to go to the bullpen? Who you got in the bullpen? Well, I, you know, I, I think we can. you can go by the numbers and you can see some things. I'm going to throw out a pitcher that I don't think anybody realizes just how good he's been. Uh, you know, I know Joe Nathan was a big hurdle, but Joachim Soria, his whip right now is 0.68. Yep. 0.68. I know that's not a lot of innings. You know, it's 19 innings, so it doesn't affect your team a whole lot. But this guy is quietly turning back the clock, and he looks a lot like the elite reliever he used to be. And uh, it's nice when you can throw a pitcher in there with that kind of whip, and no matter how many innings, it helps your team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I do have my guy that uh, I really want, but I think we, as Rays fans, we owe it to Brad Boxberger <laughs> to just talk about how good he's really been because he has given up uh, a grand total of nine hits in 16 and a third innings and has struck out 24 in 16 and a third innings. Um, and it's 13 for 13 in save opportunities. That's That's pretty darn good. But I had two guys – that uh, I wanted to throw out there as being as being potential closers. And I know Soria has been awesome, but Andrew Miller from the Yankees and Drew Storin from Washington. Yeah. Storin's 093, Miller 098. Storin was a guy that was kind of, uh, you know, we, we just didn't know, okay, is, is he really this good? And he is showing us that, yeah, he, he probably is really this good. Miller, on the other hand, is on another planet. He has a batting average against of 067, and he struck out 31 guys in 18 in a third innings. And he has kind of taken the closer's job. I know people were talking about, well, it's going to be a committee or Batonsis is going to be the guy. But Miller has just been as close to unhittable as I've seen a relief pitcher in, in a long, long time. So Andrew Miller definitely uh, makes my my uh, 2015 Memorial Day All-Star team. It's amazing because you just talked about Andrew Miller and you know his incredible numbers. <laughs> you said Batansis, and Batansis has a yeah. zero ERA and a .78 whip to Miller's .68 whip, or wait, uh, yep. .71 whip. It's just it's, you know, it's sad to see the Yankees have such good relievers. Yeah, and given given their starting pitching, they need it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, here. that's true. I, I didn't I didn't want to just take a shot at the Yankees there, but oh well. <laughs> that's okay. We'll be okay. Well, uh, what uh, who else we want to talk about for uh, for uh, all stars? You got anybody else uh, that you want to throw out there? Well, it, relievers. I, Glenn Perkins has been awesome. David Robertson. Yep. If there was any worry about him being, uh, you know. Uh, kind of falling back, you know, there's no worries. The guy's just a great pitcher and uh, can handle the ninth inning. And I'm just seeing, the, looking at the, the whips of these relievers, Robertson's at .65. You know, these relievers are just dominant. We're not talking about the days where the reliever loads the bases and somehow wiggles out of it. These guys are shut down, and it's just been pretty impressive. And I know you're doing <laughs> wait, wait, the wait, 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 hold, 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 hang on a second. Go ahead. Hang on, hang on a second. Fernando Rodney is still in the league. Let me just remind you of that. <laughs> I was just going to say, I know you're doing the bullpen column and everything, but really there are a lot of relief situations where they're in good hands, and uh, I think we're going to be talking about the same bullpens a lot. So, But, you know, one thing yep. we could do, I've got a player at each position that is kind of my anti-all-star. 
and has hurt <laughs> fantasy teams the most. I'm kind of a pessimistic guy. I'm a complainer, you know. And uh, so these guys probably have had a bigger effect on me than all these these all stars. So all right, well, go maybe ahead. We run, run, run them out. All right, run well, them out. Go ahead. you want to run them out there? Go ahead. And it might be personal. So, you know, uh, these guys have hurt me. They cut me deep, Shrek, <laughs> as the Shrek would say. Uh, least valuable catcher, Pat Wieters. Where's he at? He was supposed to be here, you know, a week into the season. And I, I, I thought he was a value because people were drafting him lower. I thought, hey, he might get to DH some. No. First base, Carlos Santana. I was watching an Indians game the other day, and the Indians' home announcers were talking about how messed up he is, kind of cutting him down. It was just, uh, it didn't give me much hope that he's going to bounce back anytime soon. Second base, Robinson Cano. Okay, he's not going to hit with power, but, you know, the batting average isn't even there, and it's, people were still paying decent money for him in auctions and drafting him pretty high. It's just been a disappointment, and I'm you want to talk about Troy Tulowitzki and how much he's disappointed? It it just uh, yeah. It, he, who was who was that expert that drafted him first in in uh, Cow Wars X? I can't. I can't. He's a very smart guy. Up. I know that and good looking too. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, we're always worried about how healthy he is. Right now, I don't think you care if he gets hurt. But uh, it's got to turn around as long as he's in Colorado. But man, has he let some teams down who were trying to sneak away with. You know, basically, if you draft Tulowitzki, you're, you're thinking, well, I got first-round numbers as long as he's healthy, but not this year. So he's been a huge, huge, who's, you know, who's that fan? Who's that fantasy baseball writer that picked him as a bust back in, in March? And I, I think he took some heat from some people for doing that. I, I don't know. I cannot remember who that was. Grumpy pessimist, I think. I don't know. Yeah, some grumpy pessimist, I think it was. And yeah, I've... Somebody wrote him up as a bust, and uh, well, just just go to socalledfantasyexperts.com and uh, do a search on Troy Tulowitzki bust, and you may want to throw the name Buck Davidson in your search and just just see what you come up with. And I'm sure you were going to say that he was going to perform bad. It wasn't about injuries, right? <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm, I don't know. I I tend to delete anything where I was wrong off the website. So. Uh, let's see. Uh, Outfielders that have disappointed. Have you have you looked at Matt Kemp's numbers? Talked about Justin Up. <laughs> Matt Kemp has really not done anything exciting. One home run, I think. Uh, he's been a huge letdown. So these are the guys that get under my skin. So I, I, I don't know if I just always look at the bad side of things, but they've they've got me uh, angry so far. Yeah, you have to, and and it comes down to if you believe that Matt Kemp is that what he's done is not real, and that he is gonna you know hit. 10 home runs in June or whatever. These are the guys that you go out and grab. And we're going to have a, a show upcoming about, you know, I'm sure about the second half guys too. Uh, you know, uh, you were talking about Lorenzo Cain a little bit earlier. He has a career history of just going, having a tremendous uh, April. Mark Teixeira is a guy who typically does not have a good April. So it, you you can see trends like that. Uh, Danny Heron used to be the guy that you always yeah. traded at the all-star break. Paul he was in a tank at the second half. What's that? Paul LaDuca, first half all-star, second another. half disappeared every year. Right. And and you, you keep that in mind. And if your league mates don't know that, you can do very well in trades by just playing those tendencies because a lot of times these guys are who they are for whatever reason. And catchers especially yeah. tend to wear down in the second half. So you you got to watch. But a guy like, a let's say, Weeders comes back healthy or a Luke Roy – or a Gomes, 
that are coming back now may not have that same wear down because they're not going to have the amount of miles on the tires that somebody who's been playing since uh, the beginning of April is going to have. So just things to keep in mind as the season rolls along, you can always improve your team if you just used your used your knowledge and uh, know a little bit more than your opponents do. Doug, you got anything else to talk about tonight? Well, I you know, I probably need to mention that over on socalledfantasyexperts.com, we're really starting to ramp up the football coverage. We've pretty much got at least one football article coming out every day and it's just going to go from there. So, uh, I remember back in the days when when baseball, fantasy baseball didn't start till March and football didn't start till, you know, mid-July, those days are gone, and the content is coming at you from all different angles, and we're going to be a big part of that. I was just giving you a little bit of uh, NFL Films music there while you were talking about that. I don't know if that will come across or not, but uh, all, all we would need in there is the, uh, the, the dulcet tones of the legendary John Facenda, and uh, that would just be... It's uh, the, the cool. Yeah, we we can feel the cooling breezes of, of fall already here in Florida, can't we? Uh, yeah, is that what that was? All <laughs> <Yeah>, right. <laughs> yeah, that's what that was. <laughs> All right, you got anything else for us this week? No, I, I'm getting ready to uh, you know start actually, like you mentioned, uh, on the trade front, the the leagues where I need to make some moves. You know, at this time we've we've had to decide whether we we can make evaluations. You know, it's still. Not a big sample size, but you have to start making evaluations. You have to start making moves in the leagues that you need to uh, do something. It's time to move. If you want to stay in touch with me, you do it on Twitter, at Buck Davidson. Doug, how do they keep up with you? Oh, well, you know, they can get me on Twitter, at RotoDaddy, but right now I'm so busy. They've just come to the house. <laughs> and there'll be plenty of cookies, I guess, right? Oh yeah, we'll we'll, we'll have something for you. <laughs> awesome, folks. That will just about do it for this week's episode of the Sunday Night Sandlot. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'd love to see you again next week. Until then, for Doug Anderson, this is your host Buck Davidson, wishing you a very safe and happy Memorial Day, and saying somebody start the team bus and cue the post game show. This one's in the history books. We'll see you next week, everybody.